Welcome to Wuffles Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wuffle. There are plenty of questions surrounding the Green Bay Packers this season, but none, absolutely none, are bigger than whether Jordan Love can answer the call. Love is now, indisputably, the leader of the pack, and how he fares will go a long way toward whether the Packers will make the playoffs this season after a one-year absence. Hello, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining my partner, Rob Reichel of Forbes.com, and I today for what figures to be, should I say promises to be, <laughs> a fun-filled podcast. Okay, let's make a, let's make a promise, com- Gary, here in week one. Yes. All right, we're coming out of the gates. Okay. <laughs> so how are you doing, Mr. Rachel? We're, we're, we're not going to be like most politicians either, Gary. We're going to deliver on our promise. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'm not saying which team or which side. We're just, we're going to deliver is all I'm saying. Oh, my goodness. He's already uh, in midseason form. <laughs> It's been a long, it's been a long preseason, Gary. We're, we're we're excited to get to the live bullets. Exactly. Can you believe though? In just over a week or so, the Packers are going to be playing their first regular season game, and also the commencement of the Jordan Love era. I, I mean, it's hard to believe it's it's happening so quickly. Yeah, it, it, it's a blast too, Gary. I mean, it, it really is because you know me. I've banged this drum for the last couple of years. You know, for for more than a decade, we saw the same movie play out year after year after year in Green Bay, right? And and, in the Aaron Rodgers movie after 2010, team-wise at least, wasn't all that good, Gary. They they won a lot of games. They usually won the NFC North, and they'd go to the playoffs and and lay lay an egg. And usually it was the quarterback who was the number one culprit for for why they, they lost and played poorly in a playoff game that eventually led to their ouster. So, you know, I, I, I've said this, Gary, you know, when he, when he had his holdout in the summer of 2021, I thought they should have traded him then. You know, I think they waited a year or two too long. Kudos for Gutekunst for finally getting it done, but he obviously would have got a far higher draft package, you know, had he gotten rid of Rodgers earlier. But the point of all that, Gary, is it, it's a completely new movie right now in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. We saw the last 12 years, 12 straight versions of Aaron Rodgers part three and five and eight and 12. And and I think yeah. we kind of, for the most part, Gary, we knew how it was going to end. We don't have a clue right now, week to week, game to game, day to day, how this Jordan Love era is going to unfold and play out. And and you know, in this business, you know, we 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 enjoy stories, right? More than anything, we we enjoy a fun story to tell. And whether this Love era goes tremendously well or you know blows up, and they're taking Caleb Williams with the first pick in the draft next year somehow, we really just don't know and and have a clue. I I think most signs are very positive, Gary. I think he had a really good summer overall. I I thought he he had terrific growth again through you know daily practices and and what he showed then in games. Granted, a lot of the times it was against number twos, but I think for the most part, what he showed in games was unbelievably positive. You can take what you will with his final stats, Gary. You know, again, somewhere, somewhere against one, somewhere against twos, you know, but his passer rating was about 110. You know, he completed 64% of his passes through three touchdowns, no picks um, in about three quarters of work. I mean, you, you translate that out, Gary, to a regular season game. And, you know, that I don't necessarily think he'll do this, but you translate it out. He's going to throw for 250, 60 yards next week in Chicago and, 
four touchdowns and anyone in the world would, would take that. We would say he's, you know, he, he's the next bear killer then potentially at, at quarterback, but no Gary, you know, top to bottom. I I, th- I think love had overall a, a, a terrific summer. We can get into some of the the details of how he grew up here as, as this podcast unfolds it, You know, if I'm Brian Gutekunst right now, Gary, I mean, you remember this well, Gary, the day he traded Aaron Rodgers, this still blows my mind. Brian Gutekunst got to a podium a couple hours later and he said, this is a very good day for the Green Bay Packers. You know, he had just traded. He had, <laughs> exactly. He, he had exactly. just traded a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? A four-time MVP. And he told the fan base and Packer Nation across the world, this is a very good day for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, it kind of blew my mind when he said it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but it, it could turn out to be, Gary, because they believe they have their next guy you know, waiting to, you know, start taking snaps here in 11 days uh, against Chicago, that they're ready for the Jordan Love era to begin, that they're unbelievably confident for for what lies ahead. They're thin at some spots, Gary. Uh, We can get into that when we talk about the roster here a little bit. It could be somewhat of a transition year. They're probably not a legitimate Super Bowl contender, but I think with as much young talent Gary is on the roster. It, if love can play Gary, and that's the big if, right? That's the $64,000 question. If love can play, I think a year or two down the road, this is an outstanding football team. Yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. You know, love, love was the a Packers first round pick three years ago, and he's been patiently waiting for his chance to uh, run the show. We saw glimpses, glimpses of him in regular season the last couple of years. And, and like you said, in preseason, uh, he, he didn't give any indication that he won't be a very good quarterback. And in fact, I, I think he's going to give the Packers offense really a bigger dimension. You know, I mean, the, the fact that he can run the ball. I mean, we saw it a couple of times in preseason where the the pocket collapsed and all of a sudden he, he took off. And I, I think that's huge in today's game. So have you noticed any significant change in him though from a year ago? I mean, you you've been up to uh, Packer camp quite a bit, and you, you've seen him, uh, you know, as much as anybody. So, any uh, big differences between Jordan Love this year and Jordan Love last year? I think I'd just say number one more than anything is the confidence, and and he shows it on and off the field, and and you know this. I mean, in any line of work, whether. You know, whether whether you're a sales guy, whether you're an accountant, you know, whether whether you're, you know, checking out groceries. I mean, if 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 you've got somebody in front of you in the pecking order, you're, you know, you're usually a little bit subservient or you take a back seat to that guy. Well, you know, when when the number one salesman leaves your company and you jump up into his shoes, guess what? There's more expected from you and you're gonna take on, yeah. you know, more of a leadership or 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 a growth type of role. And 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 Gary, he's grown into this really well. I, I don't think he was a I wouldn't say a lot, but I don't think he always felt comfortable letting his true personality shine over the over the last couple of years with Rogers kind of there and hovering. I mean, not obviously 99 percent of the attention went to Rogers. Love was more of a, you know, took a backseat, kind of a forgotten guy because none of us knew when the Aaron Rodgers era was, you know, officially going to end. I think he's flourished as a, as a leader and, and kind of just his personality is, has shined more and, you know, taken off a little bit inside the locker room on the field, Gary. I mean, all these guys that I've talked to certainly on the defensive side of the ball, because remember now when the regular season starts, 
we watch about 20 minutes of practice and they run us out of there. You know, any, any, any of what, you know, the fans would want to see is the quote unquote good stuff is, is usually saved, you know, for, for when we're gone, you know, but from, you know, Jair Alexander to Rasul Douglas to, to, to Savage to Kenny Clark. I mean, anybody you talk to on that defensive side of the ball, Gary said they knew after last year that this guy could play, that he showed it day in and day out at practice. And, you know, a lot of times he took it to that number one defense. Now I will say this, Gary, through probably 60, 65% of the time through the course of the summer, the defense probably got the better of the offense. Are there a lot of factors to that? Absolutely. You know, Green Bay's got young skill guys all over the place. They, they, you know, they're, they're, you know, trying to figure out for a huge chunk of camp, who's going to be where exactly on, on the offensive line, they're breaking in a rookie tight end, right? Your two wide receivers are second year guys. So again, I, I think this offense is going to be a work in progress. I think the offense in general, Gary, will be dramatically better the second half of the season than it, than it will the first half, yeah. uh, much like last year's, but you know, yeah, last year, exactly. Exactly. Last year, Gary, I would put that more on Aaron Rodgers for skipping the offseason. So there was no chemistry, you know, the first two months of the year with with his young receivers. These guys will have chemistry, Gary. I mean, you know, Watson looks like he's ready to be a star. He's going to take a step toward that this year, Gary. And I I think by year three, he's probably a Pro Bowl wide receiver. You know, he reminds me so much of a a James Lofton back in the day. I'm not saying he's going to have Lofton's career because that puts him in Canton, right? But but that's what he reminds me of. Um, Dubs has the chance to be an outstanding possession receiver, a guy who catches 80, 85 balls. Jordan Love, looks for Romeo Dobbs, Gary, you know, every time, you know, things break down and, and he needs a safety valve and it's kind of a security blanket is, is Romeo Dobbs. He'll, you know, he'll see a ton of footballs, you know, but, but a day-to-day Gary love in general, he'd have his hiccups here and there, but that that is his team right now, Gary, that is his offense. His voice is loud. He commands the huddle, you know, like, like you mentioned, he's going to bring an element to that offense that they have not had the last couple of years. Aaron Rodgers had 90 rushing yards last year, Gary, what do they play now? 17 games. That's five yards a game, Gary. Yeah, no, it, it, he was a non-factor with his feet. You know, correct. I mean, they will put some things into the offense for Jordan Love to beat teams with his feet. And like you said, when that when the pocket breaks down, he will take off and run. Aaron Rodgers had that dynamic, you know, that dimension early in his career, Gary. It was gone though here by last season when he was 39 years old, and it's and, and it's never coming back. So, um, you know, if 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 you're Matt Lafleur right now and you have that, you know, that that card to play in your hand. And he's going to play it. It's it's, it's going to be a weapon for Green Bay that Love can take off with his feet. I mean, yeah. he only needs 30 rushing yards a game, Gary, for 500 on the year. I don't think that's a stretch whatsoever to think he can. No, run, he, he's not going to be. He's not going to be Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts nope. or anybody nope, like that. He's not Lamar. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. but he's going to take. You know, he's going to take what's given, and he's going to have three runs a game for 30 yards or something like that when things break down around him or when Lafleur designs a play. But no, Gary. I mean, top to bottom, the the guy's smart. Um, he gets it. He knows this offense front to back. Uh, he, he's going to run the offense and he's going to run the plays, Gary, that Matt LaFleur tells him to run and that Matt LaFleur calls and sends into the huddle. So this will be Matt LaFleur's offense in 2023. It won't be Aaron Rodgers' offense anymore. And I, I, I'm i excited to see that, Gary, and I think the fan base should as well. And and I can tell you, no one's more excited than Matt LaFleur uh, to actually send in a play to the huddle. And and, and, and know it's going to be run. <laughs> And know it's going to be run. Exactly. So, yeah. hey, hey, Gary, you know, I mean, everything we saw in preseason,
preseason, they'll keep this in mind, take with a grain of salt, right? It's it's vanilla on the other side of the ball. Teams aren't scheming yet for Jordan Love. They're not showing him a ton like Kansas City did in his one start a couple of years ago when they blitzed the bejesus out of him, you know, that that day at Arrowhead. Um, you know, defensive coordinators are going to throw everything possible at Jordan Love. So I honestly, Gary, I mean, I, I think all signs right now are very encouraging. But until we get to about the middle of the season, we're not going to have a clear-cut answer on if this guy can play quarterback in the league or not. I, like you, and like everybody else, you know, that's following the Packers, is obviously, you know, kind of giddy, kind of excited about the first game against the Bears. I, I guess I'm more excited to see what the reaction is going to be after the first game against the Bears <laughs> and whether, you know, Jordan Loves has this monster game or, or if he bombs, you know, and, and – you know, there's going to be just incredible reaction. Like he's going to be anointed as the next Aaron Rodgers, or he's going to be anointed as what Frank Patrick. I, I don't know. I, I think that's going to be an important game for, for Jordan love. If he can come out and establish himself and, and win over his teammates right off the bat, I think this kid's on his way. You, you hate to place too much emphasis on one game. I mean, especially when you play 17 and he, it's his first, uh, start this year, but I, I think that's going to be, you know, somewhat of a pivotal game for not only Jordan Love, but the Green Bay Packers. Gary, when Brett Favre showed up in 1992, do you know how big of an advantage the Bears had in this series by how many games over Green Bay? You want to take a guess? I know. It, it was humongous. 20, a 22-game lead, Gary. Yeah. It was 80-58-6. to six. Gary, today Green Bay has a 10-game lead. It has swung 32 games in the course of three decades. I mean, that that's absolutely remarkable. Brett Favre won 22 and 10 against those guys, which is obviously stellar. It's almost a 700 winning percentage. It's it's 688. You know what Rodgers was, Gary? And, and I'll, I'll throw this one by you because I think you'll get it. 30, 30 starts Rodgers had, including the, the NFC title game in, in 2010. You know what his record was? 27 and 3. 25 and 5. Okay. All, yeah, all he didn't lose it. often. I know that. And and one of the games, Gary, he broke his collarbone in the first quarter when Green Bay was a ten point favorite. There so theoretically, yeah. they probably find a way to win that football game because Seneca Wallace doesn't have to come and play. Um, hey, Rob, Gary, if, if Jordan Love, you know, let's say scrambles and scores a touchdown, and he goes into the end zone, <laughs> is he going to say to the fans, "We still own you"? <laughs> I don't think you'll see that yet from from Jordan Love. Here, here's what's funny though, Gary, and here's where I was going with that. I was talking to Rasul Douglas after the game Saturday against St. Louis, or I'm sorry, against Seattle. And I asked Doug, we were, we were just talking a little bit about the Bears game coming up. Yeah. And he, and he said, you know, all we're doing, Rob, he said, we're passing the torch. He said, went from Brett to Aaron, and now we're passing the torch from Aaron to Jordan. And I'm going to write this for next week, so I don't want to give too much away. But he said, all we're doing is passing the torch to continue the domination. And I mean that that that's the belief in there. I mean it it really is remarkable that you know this this series has had ebbs and flows and it certainly is you know had stretches where Lombardi's Packers dominated for a while and then Ditka's Bears dominated the 80s and part of the 90s and things like that but for three straight decades you know for Green Bay to dominate Chicago the way it has is just mind-blowing Gary. Now we'll see if Jordan Love you know can 
can be the next guy to you know take ownership of that franchise, right? And oh no, no, no question about it. And and, um, and you're right that that's why this. I mean, and and kudos to the NFL, right? How smart is the NFL to start the year with this matchup, right? The NFL's oldest rivalry, uh, you know, one that's as you know heated at least among the fans as as any you'll find, and you kick off the Jordan Love era. Uh, with this, right? We've we've seen what Brett did. We saw we saw what Aaron did, and we all can't wait to see what Jordan Love does against these guys. And you're right, good or bad, it's going to be a fascinating story coming out of Chicago at about seven o'clock on September. What is that? September 10th, Gary. Yeah, you, you know what? Uh, I thought of this several times over the last couple of weeks that I don't have any doubts that Love has the wherewithal to be a. a top-tier quarterback, okay? He's got a great arm. He's smart. Uh, he's athletic. I, I think he has leadership skills, although those are still, you know, still remain to be seen. But I'll tell you what. If I was uh, Brand Gutekunst, you know what I'd say to Jordan Love? I know um, you're friends with Aaron Rodgers, but there will be no contact with him all season. <laughs> and and uh, those two obviously get along. They, they got a great rapport. But let's face it, Aaron's going to be bitter. I mean, he's already taken a couple shots at the Packers. And if he's going to feed into Jordan Love's head, you know, during the course of the season, I don't think that could be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, good luck trying to, you know, enforce that and tell a 24-year-old man, I guess, who he can and can't talk to. And that's probably overstepping your boundaries a a little bit as as a general manager. I don't disagree with you that, you know, I wouldn't have a ton of contact with with Aaron if I were any of these guys. And I'll be honest, Gary, I, I don't think there's more than two or three guys on the team that probably care to talk to him at this point in time. He, you know, he no, put it this way. Ninety five percent of that locker room wasn't shedding any tears, Gary, when when they yeah, exactly I, like I said, the, the there's just a different feel, a different vibe. Gary through that through that building right now and through that organization. You know, it, it, it's almost like the the big heavy in the room is, is gone. The elephant in the room. And now again, everybody's happy in July and August, right? When you're two and five, you know, thing, things can change. And Aaron Rodgers helped them win a lot of football games. I'll, I'll never take that away from Aaron, but Aaron was not a beloved figure. Aaron will not go into the hall of fame and have 500 of his teammates, you know, travel to Canton to celebrate the day with them the way a Brett Favre did. They, they won't, sell 70,000 tickets in Green Bay like they did with Brett Favre and and Phil Lambeau Field to hang Brett's jersey in the rafters. That won't happen. But you know, Rob, if he leads the Jets to the Super Bowl, there's going to be a million Jet fans. (laughs) Well, that's That's all. There you go. That, that that's true. And and I, I don't think the odds of that, Gary, are a whole lot better than the than the Browns or the Raiders going to the Super Bowl, to be honest. We can we'll get into prediction stuff later, but I, I think Aaron's in for a rough year and and all these Jets fans are are gonna be, you know, just as disappointed after this season as they have been for the last 50 years. But just top to bottom, I mean it, we've we've talked about this before on the podcast. Aaron came into a situation where 90% of the state didn't want him. And, you know, when he when he replaced Brett, because Brett had won the PR battle and Brett had enough goodwill built up with the fan base that when he wanted back in, everybody wanted Brett to come back in. Aaron Rodgers left Gary 15 years later and 90 percent of the fan base still didn't want him in town. I mean, it, it's incredible. If, yeah. if you would if you would tell me that, Gary, and that's what makes Rodgers maybe the most fascinating Packer to me of all time, you know, in the middle there. 
if, if, if you told me at the start, 90% don't want you, and at the end, 90% don't want you, I'm thinking in the middle, you did a pretty lousy job. And this guy won four MVPs in a Super Bowl, and still the fan base was beyond ready to move on from him, Gary. He, you know, he he will be one of the least popular Hall of Famers that 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 ever goes into Canton, and certainly the least popular of all Packer Hall of Famers that ever go, you know, go into Canton. I know time heals all wounds, but this guy in general, Gary was never a super popular guy with the fan base. He just never quite related to the fan base the, the way, you know, the, the way that Brett did and Bart Starr did. And, you know, we, we could, you know, the, the, the Hornings, the Nitschkes, et cetera, through, you know, the, the Leroy Butlers through, through the course of time, Gary, it just, it, Aaron was a different guy. I mean, and it didn't always play real well in Wisconsin. And that's why I think the fan base can't wait. They're excited. They're, they're totally behind this guy. I don't know if you saw a story I did Gary a couple weeks ago before I think it was before they played New England in the preseason. And this is because I'm such a dork. I did this, Gary. I'll preface it with that. But I count, I counted 200 jerseys that went by me as I waited to to go in and, and cover that game. And I only jotted down. I didn't uh, see that. Yeah. Yeah. I only, I only jotted down the quarterbacks, you know, because there was the random Chad Clifton, right? And the random Kabir Gabaja via Miller and, and the occasional Jordy Nelson or whatever. But, but out of 200 jerseys, Gary, 68. So 34% said Jordan Love, 36 said Brett Favre on the back. So 18%. Really? So yeah, amazingly, 36 still yeah, said that, that, Yeah, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, okay. Gary Brett is beloved. Gary, you know, no one cares about Mississippi. Nobody, nobody cares about, you know, what he did with the Jets with sending inappropriate pictures or anything. Brett won him a Super Bowl, and he was an every man in this state. I mean, every Brett, Brett just Brett will have the heart of ninety percent of this state. I, I fully believe Gary for the rest of time. So I counted thirty six Favre jerseys out of two hundred. And out of those two hundred, Gary, I counted three that said Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, they they, they were ready to move on. They have moved on, and yeah, and everyone, yeah. And everyone, Gary, seems giddy to embrace the Jordan Love era. So here we go. Yeah, yeah. Getting back to Jordan Love as to what would constitute a great season for him. I mean, everybody's thinking like Aaron Rodgers is going to be the savior with the Jets. And, you know, they, they have all sorts of excuses for him not having a good year last year. He threw 12 interceptions, Rob, last year. And that was the second most in his career. And I think the most in like 14, 15 years. That, that's a different Aaron Rodgers. I don't care what the circumstances were. 12 interceptions for him is ungodly, basically. I think he threw for like 3,600 yards. Nothing special there. And yet yeah, the Packers, it's a little more than that maybe, Gary, but yeah, it was in that ballpark. Yeah, around 3,600, I think. And then uh, I forget how many touchdowns he had. I think 26 or something. He had a ho-hum year by NFL quarterback standards. Having said that, what does Jordan Love have to do? I mean, does he have to have 30 interceptions or 20 interceptions? Statistically, uh, you know, obviously there's other factors involved, but from a, a statistical standpoint, what do you think Jordan Love has to do? Win games. <laughs> I don't think any. No, honestly, Gary, I don't think anybody cares what the final numbers are. This is going to be a dramatically different Packer offense. It's not going to. It's not going to be the Aaron Rodgers offense where. They they throw the ball. 16. You think they're going to run more? I think they're going to run a lot more, Gary. I think they're going to be as close to 50-50 as we've seen them probably since 2003. You know, when Amon Green had his almost 2,000-yard rushing season. That year he had 1883. Uh, they've, they've typically, Gary, been in that 60-40, almost as high as 65-45 splits. 
or sorry, 65, 35 splits with, with Aaron. Yeah. And, and you do wonder Gary, how many of those calls came in as runs and Aaron changed them to passes. And, and, you know, if, if you trace Matt LaFleur's history, Gary, his time with the Rams as a coordinator and his time with Tennessee as a coordinator. Now he didn't call plays with Sean McVay and the Rams. He did call him in Tennessee when, you know, when, when, when he was there, but those teams, Gary, that he had before he showed up in Green Bay in 2019. So from about 2016 to 18, they were really close to 50-50 splits. And, and the year he had, you know, the year he had in Tennessee, uh, when when that was his offense and his play calling ability, they were they were 50-50 on the nose. He's got two great backs, Gary, and he's got an outstanding offensive line. I mean, why why wouldn't you run the ball 50% of the time and 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 protect your young quarterback and as much as anything? Well, how uh, old is Aaron, Aaron Jones now? Uh, so it's year seven. I'm going to guess 28, but, 29. Yeah, 20. I was going to say about 28. Yeah. I think I think this is going to be an interesting year for him because that's an age, as you well know. Yep. Runners tend to break down. And, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen with Jones, but I think it's going to be an interesting season. And if they're well, they've gonna- been really Gary, they've been really smart with Jones. They and they, you know, they and it drives fantasy owners nuts. I I get it. Uh, <laughs> that that's a whole nother topic yeah. you know, but but it, they they try to keep Aaron Jones to that 200 to maybe 225 in terms of touches um or at least rushes through the course of the of the season he did have a career high last year 59 receptions you know but they keep they keep his carries Gary to you know 10 to 12 13 ish a game and and the good news for Green Bay is they have a second running back who who can be a hammer you know they he looks good he looks – he's had a really good summer, Gary. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with – you know, granted it was a limited amount of time, but he, he looked yep. impressive. Well, he's in a contract year, Gary. <laughs> we know how that there goes. There you go. Right? There, there you go. go. Hey, no, I, I think A.J. Dillon's a, a true pro, and he's one of the – he's one of the better guys to come through that building in, in a long time. If, if, you know, Green Bay would be doing themselves a solid by keeping him around as, as long as they could, you know, the mayor of Door County there – but it's yeah, going to be, he be a number one back. I honestly, Gary, I, I think the, the roles they have right now for, for he and Jones are, are almost perfect. Where yeah, but I mean, going it, forward, let's say Jones, you know, like, but not, not, not so much this year, but years to come. Could Jones be a number one back or Dylan? I'm Dylan. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, he, I have some he questions. Could, he could that. Gary, I, you know, but but again, I, I I just think the compliment they have right now that the two of them together probably really fits both of their games and works best for both. And and it, and it and it really does do a pretty good job of getting them to to week seventeen, week week eighteen, where where they're relatively healthy. You remember early on in Jones's career, Gary, the first two years, he you know he he missed a, he missed about a month each season with with knee injuries and. They they found a nice workload and a nice balance with him and Jamal Williams, and then they did the same thing, obviously with uh, with AJ Dillon for for Aaron Jones. I mean, Dillon could be a one, Gary. He's he's gonna be one of those guys. So then that probably gets you twenty carries, eighty yards a week, right? He's he's not gonna average five a carry. He he doesn't have that level of explosiveness. He's he's not gonna run away from defenders quite like Derrick Henry. Everyone wants to compare him to Derrick Henry. Gary, but you get he's Derrick Henry. Henry. In the field. Oh, you get you get you get Henry in the open field. He's running away from corners and safeties, and yeah. you know, and 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 middle linebackers. And there's no way AJ Dillon can do that. I mean, AJ Dillon's, you know, I I think he had two or three 20 yard carries last year. I mean, the the numbers are extremely low on you know on the on the huge home run plays that that he hits, and uh, you know, but but he's a perfect workhorse complement. They they want Jones to hit the big one. They want they want Dylan to grind it out, maybe run clock when you're in four minutes stuff late in the game, killing 
killing time. Dylan's perfect for it because he's going to break tackles. And you're right, Gary. He wouldn't tell me his weight the other day. I asked him. Um, he, he looks he lighter. Him down, no doubt. He looks lighter him. and thinner. He absolutely yes. does. You know, he's been going at you know the high 240 since he showed up in Green Bay. He wouldn't tell me what he weighed, um, but I'm going to guess 235 to 240. He looks lighter, Gary. You know, and he and he seems to be running quicker and with with a little bit more authority. You know, he, he he's put his pads down and he's run people over again. I'm not saying he didn't do that last year, but obviously with a contract at stake, he, he's going to have more incentive to do it uh, this season. And uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. You know how that goes, Gary. A lot of times when people are in contract years, and Green Bay's got a bunch of them this year. Rashawn Gary's the big one. You know, it turns out to be a win-win for the team and the player, right? Um, yeah. You know, where the, where, the, where the player has a career year and the team obviously benefits, but then maybe the next year you don't have the player. All right. Uh, I think we covered Jordan Love enough for now. I'm sure we'll be covering him every single week the rest of the season. But but I, I want you to uh, look into your crystal ball here and give me two guys you think could emerge and have really, really good years that maybe people might not expect. One offensive player, one defense player. On, on, on defense, cool. my choice is Quay Walker. I thought he had an exceptional rookie year. He he had his problems. By the way, have you ever talked to him one-on-one? Yeah, quite a bit. This is weird. I, I went up and I saw the Packers-Patriots scrimmage, okay? Yep. That went approximately about two hours, right? He stood on the sideline and didn't talk to a single person the whole time. Hmm. <laughs> and, and I don't know if he's a quiet guy or he's aloof or, or, or what the deal is, but it kind of struck me because guys usually hang around like one of their friends or a couple guys. So they'll let, you know carry on a, a conversation of sorts. But he was like an absolute loner. And, and I was just wondering, is that his personality, I wonder? Yeah, I, I haven't noticed that. So so good eyes on, on your part. He, he actually, Gary, is really articulate. You would think he's a lot smarter than his Wonderlick score of nine indicates. You know, the, the, the Wonderlick score that he posted, Gary, and for those out there who don't know, it's a 50-question test. People take, you know, pre-draft prior to the draft, and the average score is about a 22. Walker got a nine. It's rare when guys are in single digits. Walker got a nine. Wyatt got an eight. Um, you know, the year they took him back to back in, in round one, Gary, you know, but the, the nine is, is more telling of a guy who gets thrown out of two football games. Right. And, and he comes across Gary is incredibly bright and inarticulate when, when you do talk to him, he's, he's a really well-spoken young kid and, and I will give him credit. I mean, anybody can say sorry after the fact and you take, you know, you take it for what it's worth. I, I, I felt, you know, after Walker got thrown out of those two games last year, specifically, you know, the, the lions game uh, in, in week 18, Gary, and, and we all understand the magnitude of what that game meant. A playoff spot was on the line. Um, you know, his, his apology that the next day was as sincere as anything I've seen. It was heartfelt. Yeah, it really I, was. I, I, and now, yeah. Now it's up to him, right, to not get yeah. thrown out again because, you know, I mean, he, right now the, the reputation on him is that, is that he's a knucklehead. That, exactly. That's, that's the, the actual perception. Correct. Yep. Yep. He, and but he, but and like you're saying, it's by all accounts, he seems like a really good guy. He does. Obviously, he's like, I'm with you, player. Gary. I'm with you, Gary, that, that you know, he, uh, he was going to be my guy, but I'll give you a different one. If you want to fin- finish on Walker, I, I do agree with you. I, I do think he's ready for a breakout. Yeah, I mean, he led the Packers in tackles last year with 121. I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for from a from a rookie. And uh, what I like about it, 
he can run. He can flat out run and, uh, you know, go, go pretty much go sideline to sideline, which in today's NFL is absolutely critical for a player at that position. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Your, your call, your choice. The big drawback to me, obviously, Gary, like you said, we, you know, what more can he ask for the guys? Number one, stay on the field, right? Don't get thrown out of big games. Buffalo and 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 Detroit. Yeah. Um, number number two, Gary, the, the area he's got to get better at, and and I think he will. When when guards and centers get their hands on him, it's over. Exactly. They they gobble him up, and and he has no escapability from guys 40, 50, 60 pounds bigger than him. You're right. He flies sideline to sideline. He cannot let those big guys in the interior engage him. When they do, it's over. Um, and and he can't and he can't escape. Um. So that that that's really the the area he has to grow, but I think he will, Gary, and I think he has a chance. So you went with him; he was going to be my guy. Um, I'm going to give you another one. T.J. Slayton had a great summer. He'll he'll play the nose, Gary. That's my guy, uh, Rob. Going back, to I know his it is. Year, I, I'm, I'm, I, um, think, I think he's very talented. I, I I I think he's ready for a big season, Gary. He's played you know 30 percent of the snaps or less his first two years in Green Bay. Packers liked what they have, saw him emerging believed he can can stand up and hold up in there on the nose. Mm-hmm. And the other really interesting part of this, Gary, is it allows them to kick, you know, Kenny Clark, who's been on the Outside. nose the last seven years, out to defensive end. Yes. That's a positive for Green Bay, Gary, and for two reasons. Number one, it's going to lengthen Clark's career. Clark's an all-time Packer already. He's a Packer Hall of Famer today, Gary. He's not going to go in the NFL Hall of Fame, but, but, you know, Kenny, Kenny Clark's an absolute tremendous Packer. Um, been the anchor of that defensive line last five, six years, let him in tackles at times, many times up front plays 85, 90% of the snaps. Gary, when you take him off the nose and he doesn't have to engage every single play with two blockers, a center and a guard from the other side, you're going to lengthen his career. I'm interested to see Gary, if, you know, Kenny, Kenny's sack numbers have never been particularly high. He he is a decent athlete, though, for a man about 310, 315. I'm really interested to see if he can make some some headway out on the edge and get to some quarterbacks. And, you know, now now he'll he'll be able to attack, I think, a little bit more from the edges than he was was allowed to from from inside. So, you know, d- does he have the ability to get 10 sacks? I don't think that's going to be the case, Gary, but he might be able to get a half a dozen, which which could be really interesting. Number two. All right. Now the defensive line, Gary, the way it lined up last year was Clark on the nose and then your edges were Dean Lowry and Jared Reed, um, you know, about we three- released the other day. Do you see that? I missed that. Interesting. Oh, no, 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 no. I confused him with the other infamous Tyler Lancasters. Sorry, oh, Rob. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Aren't all Packer defensive ends alike, you know? So. Yeah, some, some seem to be, Gary. That's for sure. Yeah. But but the, the point of that, Gary, is is they're, they're about 11, 12 pounds a man heavier now with Clark on the edge and with Wyatt on the other edge and Slayton on the nose. They've beefed up that defensive line about 40 pounds across the board. The run defense was atrocious last year. You remember it well. And, and you mm-hmm. know, what teams like Philly did to them at times, absolutely gashed them. And opposing offenses, Gary, averaged five yards a carry against Green Bay last year. I mean, that's 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 absolutely asinine. I think it was only the second time in franchise history uh, a run defense had given up you know, five yards a carry. So everyone wants to get fired up about the defense every single summer, Gary. Oh, this is going to be the year where they get better. This is going to be the year where they get better. Blah, 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 blah. Right. First thing they have to do is stop the run, Gary, because, you know, if I agree. Gash I, in the I run totally game and, 
And now it's second and five, third and one. That playbook is wide open to an offense. They can do whatever they want to do. You know, you hold them to a yard or two on first down, and now it's second and nine or third and eight. Um, it, it, it's a lot tougher, and Joe Barry can come from a lot of different angles with his pressures. So um, they've, they've got to take away the run first. I, I think with that combination up front now, Clark, Slayton, and Wyatt, they should do a better job uh, against the run. The key to all that is going to be Slayton, Gary. I think he's, I think he's ready for a big year. Uh, the Packers think he's ready for a big year. He's a guy, Gary, that wasn't always, you know, driven and motivated, let's say, uh, to to play mm-hmm. his tail off every single snap, certainly as a collegian and, and then maybe his early time in Green Bay. That has undoubtedly changed. He's told me it's changed. I mean, you can see the difference on the field. He's told me there's been times he's taken plays off. Um, I, I, Gary, I think this guy's ready for a really solid year on the nose, and it should help that defensive line flourish. Yeah, yeah. Okay, offensively, I, I don't know. It's not like I'm going way out with this with this uh, guy, but Christian Watson, what did he he missed like two games last year, three games, whatever it was, but in the games that he played, he was a dominating figure out there. I mean, you had to respect him, and to me, he's only going to be better this year. The fact that I took him in the fourth round of my fantasy football league <laughs> there you speaks go. volumes of what I think of him. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I I think he's he's on the cusp of being a big time dynamic receiver, and uh, you know he had, he had seven touchdown receptions, Rob Lester. That's a ton for a rookie receiver, especially in Packer history. And then he and had Gary, two more. Gary, yeah. Let me interrupt you for a second. All seven yeah. touchdowns came in the final eight games. Yeah, there you go. Great, great comment. Yep, that tells you it right there. He's coming on. I, I think he's going to be huge. You know, th- there's some great receivers in in the uh, uh, NFC North. I mean, you just go to Minnesota and you, you got Jefferson, who's probably the best receiver in football. And I think uh, Williams uh, in Detroit's eventually going to be a great receiver. Uh, Chicago, not so much, but I, I think this kid ha- has a chance to be special. Yeah, St. Brown's a great one in Detroit too, right? And correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you you look at the second half of Watson's year, Gary, and 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 you're right. He was coming off the knee surgery he had last summer. He got dinged up early in the year. He, his snaps were low. He, he didn't have a ton of chemistry with Rodgers early on. But the last eight games, Gary, 31 catches, 523 yards, seven touchdowns. I mean. Yeah. You multiply that through the course of the year, and you're looking at sixty a thousand and fourteen, right? And and I think his numbers, his he'll have more catches than sixty, he'll have more yards than a thousand. So I, I can't argue with you there whatsoever. Oh, you could. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I think you're. I think you're spot on. I, I think he's ready for a for a breakout. I actually went with the other one, Romeo Dubs on the. On oh, the other. Okay. And, and and here's a guy too, Gary. You know, halfway through last year, he had he had numbers similar to what Watson put up yes. the second half of the year. It's almost like Green Bay, you know, had one complete season out of the two rookies. Right, Dubs was the stud of the first eight games. Watson was the second eight games. The first eight, Gary, Romeo Dubs was thirty catches, about three hundred yards, and three touchdowns. So again. Um, nothing special from the yards per catch, and he's never going to be. He's going to be a possession receiver. He's going to be in that 10 to 12 range probably where Watson's going to be in that 15 to 18 yards per catch um, because they're, that, that's what a difference, Gary, in two-tenths of a second speed-wise does in the NFL, and and that's the difference with with Watson at 4-3 and Dubs at 4-5, give or take. You know, But then, Gary, you know, Dubs, Dubs had that high ankle sprain. 
Same game where Rashawn Gary tore up his knee on, on November 6th. Bad day for Green Bay. That was that was the same game. I want to say that Rodgers threw the threw the interception to that on the pass to Bakhtiari. I mean, just a just a yeah. miserable day for Green Bay and Detroit. Um, and and Dubs then Gary missed six games and six weeks and comes back and you know again by then Watson had jumped up and and had center stage and down the stretch Romeo Dobbs was largely invisible. Last four games, Gary eleven catches, one eleven. You know, so again ten and no touchdowns. So. Gary, I I don't think he's going to blow anybody away uh, from his yards per catch. He he he's not going to catch a slant and take it to the house like Christian Watson. He might get twelve yards after the catch versus what Watson could do, but he's going to be that guy on third and eight that you look for, that you need, that finds a way to get open, that finds a way to win the 50-50 balls, that has unbelievably strong hands, and that is a guy that Jordan Love really trusts and really likes. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be a guy, Gary, that makes about four or five big plays a game, and you're going to say, man, that drive would have died if it wasn't for that catch to dubs on third and eight from their own 30 or whatever it is, right? And I just yeah. I think he's going to be that guy, Gary. At the end of the year, you're not going to sit down and look at his stats, and they're not going to blow you away. It might be 75 for 805 and four touchdowns or something like that, but he's going to have a ton of big plays along the way, maybe not scoring plays necessarily, Gary, but, but, but plays to keep drives alive and just critical moments of the game where I think this guy is going to step up big because at the end of the day, I do think he is Jordan Love's security blanket right now. And love's going to go to him in a lot of critical moments. I'll be very curious to see how quickly that receiving core develops because it's talented. I mean, Jaden Reed's second round pick, Musgrave's second round pick. You got Watson as a second round pick. Um, what am I missing? But I mean, just Dubs. those three. And then Dubs is Dubs been... was a four. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wicks this year was a five. So, right. I mean, they've invested unbelievably. Craft was a three. They've, incredible. they've invested yeah. incredibly heavily at, at at the skill positions in the last two drafts. So, so you know, the talent is there. The potential is there. Now, to me, it's how quickly they gel. Because if they if they gel quickly, I think the Packers could be a really dangerous team. Common sense tells you it's going to take a while. It might take two years for that receiving core to really come together. But but the potential, obviously, is uh, is huge. I'm with you, Gary. I, I think 2024 could be a really, really good offense. Again, if Jordan Love can play, I think this year is going to be a work in progress. We might get to week eight, Gary, and they're averaging 18 and a half points a game and people are getting all crabby and saying, what the <laughs> heck is going on? Right. Yeah. And then in the second half of the year, maybe they average 27, right? Where it jumps 50% or something like that. That wouldn't shock me whatsoever. And they come back next year and it's a, it's a high flying machine. If again, Jordan Love can play. Here's the biggest difference, Gary, in this quarterback transition from the last one we saw back in 08 when Rodgers took over. When Rodgers took over, I mean, he had bona fide proven weapons all over the field. Exactly. That first exactly. Year. He, yep. he had Donald Driver still in his prime, the Packers all-time, you know, leader in receptions and receiving yards, right? A Packer Hall of Famer. He had, he had Greg Jennings who was a, was an emerging star and talent in in his third year. He had Jordan Jordy Nelson. They had just drafted James Jones. Um I think that was the year it was. Yeah, where Finley showed up. Um Finley wasn't ready to go right away in 08, but he certainly was by 09. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was given weapon after weapon after weapon by Ted Thompson. 
And they were a little more grown up and a little more mature when he took over for Brett than what Jordan Love is walking into right now, taking over for Aaron. Now, a year from now, all these receivers will be at at similar points, Gary, in their career to where those guys were for Aaron. Uh, They're just not quite there yet. But again, down the road, I think this group of wideouts and and tight ends, we didn't even touch on Musgrave, Gary. They're going to force feed the ball like crazy to Musgrave. Um, He he could get 100 targets this year if he stays on the field. And I don't think that's a stretch at all. That's only six a game. Um, You know, you want a dark horse sleeper in your fantasy, go get Musgrave um, at at, at tight end because I, I, Gary, he could have 50 or 60 catches and a half a dozen touchdowns um, because they are going to put a lot into the playbook. You know, for whatever Luke Musgrave can handle, Gary, they are going to give him because he has the size skill set that doesn't come around real often at that position. When he's out there, Gary, and you know you've, you've been to enough of these events and, and practices and games and things like that, you know, I mean, th- these are all gigantic, unique physical specimens as human beings right out of the shoot, right? I mean, you, you look at some of these guys and you're like, Jesus Christopher, right? Yeah. Musgrave walks out there and he's even in, a, even in that setting, Gary, where all these guys are, are pretty damn unique physically, Musgrave just looks different. I mean, he just uh, looks like nothing you've seen a tight end there, certainly since Finley. And maybe he and Finley are the only two guys I've seen since I've been doing this, Gary, you know, that, that look the part where they're, they're six, five, two sixty five, and they can run a four, six. I mean, it's, it's just, it's mind blowing Gary when a guy can do that and he can, and, and Matt LaFleur is giddy about it and he can't wait to get Luke Musgrave the football. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. From from a receiving standpoint, that, that kid has a chance to be pretty good. And obviously we talked about Watson having a chance to be special. But I'll tell you the two things, or the thing that really stood out to me regarding those two players, they're not very good blockers. And I, I've watched enough of them already. I mean, there there was, a, was it last week or the week before, they, they ran outside. And Christian Watson just got blown up. I mean, and it wasn't by a defensive lineman or a linebacker. It was a defensive back, as I believe. And it's like, if they can somehow become at least respectable blockers, I mean, that that would pay huge dividends for this team. But from, from a receiving standpoint, they obviously have it. Yeah, I mean, and you know what, Gary? The overwhelming majority of stud wideouts in this league aren't asked to be elite blockers. Jefferson's not. Chase isn't, right? Cooper mm-hmm. Cup's not. And what did we say about Alan Lazard all those years, right? You know, well, he's a great blocker, but boy, he's really average as a wide receiver, right? Give me, yeah. if, if, if you could have one of the two, Gary, right? You take the elite receiver who's an average to below average blocker versus the elite blocker who's an average wide receiver. Yeah. They've got guys on their team right now, Gary, who can be a goon. I mean, that Malik, Malik Heath can be their goon this year. He can go out and block somebody and, <laughs> and you know, and, and Matt LaFleur's offense will function just fine. Tucker, but that's Kraft, the thing. That's, that's Gary, Tucker Craft can go block people. You know, he can go be a goon and, and they can get Musgrave the ball in space and watch them, you know, watch them fly down the field for a 30 yard gain. They'll take yeah. that all day yeah. of the week, Gary. Yeah. And I, I agree with you in most systems. I, I believe that's the case, but, LaFleur has really made an emphasis about his receivers being blockers, and that's why Lazard played. I mean, I agree. He, he's an average at best receiver, but he got on the field because LaFleur wanted a blocking wide receiver. Um, who knows? I mean, <laughs> if hey, that's Gary, Devon, thing Gary, Devontae Adams was a very average blocker himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, if Christian Watson catches you 12 touchdowns and 80, 84 balls for 1,300 yards – 
no one's going to be talking about his block. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no doubt about it. So, Hey, one guy I want to talk about before we call it a day is the uh, Packers rookie kicker. And uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago, Packer nation was in panic mode after he missed back to back extra, extra points. And if I was Brian Gutekunst, he'd be on another team right now. I, I wouldn't have had the patience. I mean, an NFL kicker missing back-to-back extra points to me is absolutely inexcusable. I, I get one, but back-to-back, that's the thing. But since then, he, he's re- rebounded incredibly well, and uh, he had a 57-yard, you know, successful 57-yard field goal last week. Your takes on him, is he the guy, or do you still have some doubts uh, whether he, he is the guy? Oh, you've, you've got to have doubts, Gary. I mean, that's yeah. – there's no doubt he's the, he's their guy, and and I'll be honest, they're married to him for the year. Gutekunst used a sixth round draft pick on him, right? So he used his draft capital to start yeah. with. He's not, you know, he loves his draft picks. He's not getting rid of those, and it's a rich Basachia pick, and and they have they have largely put Basachi in charge of not just special teams, but making helping make a lot of these personnel decisions, Gary. I mean, it's why a guy like, you know, Dallin Levitt is on the football team or Tariq Carpenter or some of these guys, you know, they they may not give you a whole Eric Wilson at linebacker. They may not give you a whole lot, Gary, um, and probably next to nothing from scrimmage through the course of the season. But they're keeping guys around right now that Passaccia likes to beef up the special teams as they try to make that unit, you know, dramatically better from from what it was for almost two decades before Passaccia showed up. They took steps in that direction last year, Gary. I think they'll take more steps, you know, this year as they as they get to know that better. But but Carlson all along, Gary, was Passaccia's guy. You know, he he had the brother, you know, Daniel for a for a stretch in in uh, with with the Raiders Mm -hmm. uh, in both Oakland and Las Vegas. And he got to know Anders a little bit then. And and he likes on. I mean, you, you talked about that 57 yarder that Anders hit the other day, Gary, that, that had room to spare by quite a bit. I mean, where, where that does give you the luxury late in the game. I mean, if you're losing 22, 20 and you get to midfield or even let's say the opponent 45, you can trot Carlson out there for a 62, 64 yarder to try to win the football game. If there's three seconds left on the clock, instead of trying the hail Mary, they couldn't do that by the end with, with, with Crosby. Obviously the key is, you know, Crosby, the last eight, nine years was an 85% kicker or better. And Carlson right now shows up, you know, from Auburn at about 70% in his time there. And he hit about 70% of his, his kicks this summer. Up and down, Gary, day to day, you just you you weren't sure what you were getting. He'd have good days on the practice field. He'd turn around and he'd go two for six, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you you, you mentioned uh, the two extra points he missed in Cincinnati. He started that game red hot where he hit three kicks and a couple of them were relatively long. He closed the preseason hot where he hit those two kicks against Seattle, a 43 and a 57 yarder that got everybody but he excited, but he could go to Chicago, Gary, and go one for four and cost him the football game. I mean, it you just don't know with him right now. And, and that's that's the tricky part, Gary, because you know, we we've talked here at length about you know Green Bay. We we've known for 30 years what they've had a quarterback, right? Yeah. Brett Brett and Aaron, they had consistent play. Well, you could almost say the same thing about kicker, and it even goes back a little longer from Jackie to Longwell to Crosby, right? Yeah. They always had in essence, probably a top 10 kicker Gary in the league. And I mean, it, it it's risky. There was one year in there. I think it was 2006. They had Dave Rayner kick and that didn't go well. <laughs> um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that's the same situation here with, with Carlson, 
they view it, Gary, right now, and 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 I don't I don't like this personally because in Green Bay, the 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 goal every year should be to win 12 football games and to give your fan base who's unbelievably passionate and opens up their wallet like no nobody's business for this organization. They view this, Gary, though, from the front office standpoint as a transitional year. They're getting their books in order. They've got about 60 million right now in dead cap money that they're they're getting rid of Aaron's money, you know, so some some other dollars that they're moving on from again along the way that you, you Gary you've seen in some of these positions where in past years they would have gone out and and chased a, a player probably in free agency or certainly maybe made a trade for a better player than what they have at safety for example they would have yeah. gotten a veteran would have gotten a veteran tight end um you know some of these places where they're thin um Gary even you know even kept around a Mason Crosby for another year but Gary they view this as a tr- a transitional year a growth year uh, they won't call it a rebuild they're never going to do that in Green Bay but they're going to have one of the five youngest rosters in the league when it when it officially gets set so they're willing to take some lumps maybe along the way with Carlson my problem with that though Gary is you know I think they were in eight one score games last year with Aaron I think they'll be in even more this year with Jordan the kicker takes on a magnified value, as you know, in those particular games, in those situations. Gary, it wouldn't surprise me if there's four or five games where, where it comes down to the buzzer and Carlson's got a potential game winner. I now, agree. Would, you Car- I agree. would you rather have Carlson swinging his leg, Gary, or Mason Crosby? Um, I mean, what, what, what if Carlson misses kicks to start the year in Chicago and Atlanta to, to potentially win games um, and they come back 0-2 in this really, really young roster, Gary, with a first-time starter at quarterback that needs to win games to get some confidence for this young quarterback in this offense, right? And they come back all of a sudden 0-2. You know what 0-2 does to a team versus 2-0 and or even 1-1. and It can kill you. So they're rolling the dice here, obviously, on Carlson, and they're, they're crossing their fingers and praying that they don't crap out and We'll see, Gary. It's it, it it's a major risk, but it's one they're willing to take in 2023 versus what they would have done if they had a, what they felt was a Super Bowl roster. Well, there's there's not going to be any more pressure than on Jordan Love and Anders Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every time they step onto the field, all eyes are going to be on them. But uh, man, I'll tell you what, th- this is going to be a fun, fun season. Um, next week we'll uh, be talking about the bears game and we'll uh gaze into our crystal ball with a lot of predictions so i i won't ask you for the packers record yet just one last thing do you expect the packers to make any kind of a move before the regular season starts i mean not not a not a, a tweak or a minor move but maybe somebody that could come in and, and be a factor well, it would be a minor move if they do make one, Gary, but but they kept 11 offensive linemen on their initial 53. Now, one is going to go to IR today, and they're going to bring back the long snapper, Orzik, who they caught. Uh, I'm sorry, who they cut yesterday. So they've got 10 offensive linemen, and, and Gary, most most years they only keep nine. I And they've got pretty good depth there and guys that would, would help another team. It wouldn't shock me, Gary, if they move one of these offensive linemen here in the next two, three, four days and yeah. pick up another tight end. Um, you know, the, the the fan base doesn't fully understand, and, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to downplay their intelligence or anything like that, Gary. But Tyler Davis was a pretty valuable guy that didn't always show up in a in a stat sheet. Um, you know, and and he tore the ACL. I think it was preseason game one or two, uh, maybe it was New England. Um, 
and and they've got to replace him on four special teams units, Gary. They liked him a lot at tight end. The bottom line is they need a veteran tight end in that room, I think. Um, that Mus- Musgrave's ready to be the guy. Kraft had a really bad summer, Gary. He really did. It wasn't impressive at all. Um, Gutekunst has missed on a lot of third-round picks, and it's way too early to say he missed on Kraft. It's way too early for that. But Kraft did not have a very good summer. So I think in that building, Gary, they're saying to themselves, we need one more guy in that room who we can count on on Sundays. I'm not sure they feel right now they can count on Tucker Kraft um, at, at this point in time. They believe they can count on Musgrave. But they've got all these linemen, Gary. A couple are going to wind up being inactive on Sundays. So why not move one of those? Maybe it's a Royce Newman, for example, and you pick up a backup tight end and and you help somebody else and they help you along the way. I could see him making a move like that, Gary. But other than that, this is probably the 53 they're going with. Yeah, yeah. No, like I, I said earlier, this is going to be a fascinating season, uh, whether they go 2-15 two, two and 15 or or. 13 and four. Uh, I, I think it's just going to be a fun ride. And Rob, I, I look forward to uh, chatting with you every week. You, you're doing an incredible job of keeping your political viewpoints out of our topics. So far. <laughs> as, at, at, least, at least until we stop recording, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, it's, a good, it's a good thing. You and I are on the same team there. There you go. <laughs> Like I, like I say, after every podcast, thanks so much for uh, being a part of this and uh, great insight as usual. So thank you. And uh, also thank you to our listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Whoople and Whoople's Press 